going on? It's the Film Drunk Frogcast. Back to you again, not live, from the Frog Quarters in San Francisco. Uh, it's going to be a great show. We all watch RoboCop this week, so, you know, we'll have plenty of RoboCop stuff to talk about. Also, worst takes of the week coming up later. But first, let me introduce all of my co-hosts for the evening. Sitting across from me, the San Diego Hammer, Mr. Joey Avery. That is right. I am frothing for a frotting, and I'm about to get what I want. That's too many sex metaphors, but I'll allow it. <laughs> uh, and, and to my right, the human giant, Mr. Brendan. I'd buy that for a dollar! <laughs> he would. Uh, that guy was so gross. You would, you'd think in the future like you'd have to be more attractive to be on TV, mm-hmm. but not... What was it's, that guy's name? Man, it's dystopia. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and joining us via Skype phone, uh, Skype phone Matt. Matt Yee, Lieb. I just found a parking spot. Oh, what are you parking for? Uh, dude, you know what? To do the podcast. I figure like the best way to do this podcast is to just park and just hang out for a couple hours next to this church. That's good. I, I think you should get the religious spirit up into you. Yeah, mm. I feel Jesus up inside my Oh, soul. Jesus wouldn't like it if you're podcasting <laughs> in his church. You're podcasting what? in his church parking lot. What you doing podcasting when you should be praying? Don't um, podcast when you should pray to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Touching your penis in a church parking lot. <laughs> the only person you should be frauding with is the priest. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, so we're having fun. <laughs> <laughs> flap, flap, flap. Flap, flap, flap. Flying bat bird. <laughs> I wanted to talk about this uh, last week, but we never, we never got to it. Um, but there's that movie uh, Ready Player One. No! <laughs> that uh, they what's, re- what's Ready Player One? Uh, it's the uh, worst thing ever. Oh, I'll play you a little bit of the trailer from uh, from Comic Con. Hopefully, you'll be able to hear this too, Matt. born in 2025 but I wish I'd grown up in the 1980s like all my heroes I live here in Columbus Ohio does he wish he was a coke dealer or? anyway he fucking loves the 80s I don't know it just seems like the most nerd baiting bullshit ever I don't Brendan it's, actually it's, read the book it, yeah first of all a lot of people recommended the book like a lot I think Laramie recommended it too I it's want to say so bad it's it's <laughs> just like think about how obnoxious it is when like Seth MacFarlane just tries to horseshoe all these um, or horseshoe tries to shoehorn <laughs> tries a horseshoe yeah he's nailing him to your goddamn foot and it causes you great pain um uh no he's trying to horseshoe he's trying to shoehorn uh like eight zillion references that have like no bearing yeah they have like no bearing on anything right like there's like you're watching an episode of family guy then all of a sudden it's like 
What do you think, guest star from an episode of the third season of TJ Hooker? And then it's like, it's like that is that is it's that whole book except it's serious. Like there's, it's not even an attempted humor. It's just and, one big reference. Yeah, like okay, here's some here's okay. I mentioned this to Brett, and it made him so enraged. So the general conceit is it's uh, very much like RoboCop. It's a dystopian future, except where RoboCop's future fucks. This future sucks. <laughs> okay. So okay. Um, right. anyway, like there's this whole, imagine this whole like virtual reality world that's been built and people access it through these like virtual reality headsets and there's like suits that give you haptic feedback. So it's very immersive. This one guy is responsible for building out this whole world. He's sort of this Steve Jobs-esque figure. When he dies, he wills his entire fortune to... Um, you know, and keep in mind this fortune is many multiples more than the richest man on earth today, you know, because everyone uses the Oasis, this this platform, this virtual reality platform. Uh-huh. Is and, this Brewster's millions? And so he his will says you have to basically solve this riddle. You have to solve this like scavenger hunt uh, to have access to my my um, my fortune. Uh, the antagonist is there's a huge maybe kind of like maybe Google-esque sort of company who is putting these considerable resources behind um, uh, finding this because if they have access to this much capital, they can then privatize the Oasis instead of this more open source model that's been built. And so the idea is it's this vast universe. You can go to all these different planets. You can pay money to travel around, all that kind of stuff. Okay, so th- that sets the stage. But like the all the solutions to the puzzle are tied into like 80s pop culture because the guy who designed it is like this 80s pop culture nerd and so there's a bunch of stuff in fact I was sort of lamenting that um, I I haven't been able to make the last couple couple casts the last couple sodes um, and I think a lot of people on Twitter have done some good roasting. I had a lot of good good roasts saved up, but I would okay. I, I got, so, hey, so, so you I need a roast because someone actually posted like a page that from it, point. which was all that I read from it. Uh, let's see. Holy shit! Oh, okay. This one sums it up really well, and then I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you about another scene that I Brett. Um, I could tell just from a text message conversation that he or a signal conversation because Brett does not use. Don't tell him. Don't tell him what platform we're on, bro. Um, <laughs> Uh, he, I could tell he's gonna have like a fucking aneurysm for me telling him about it. So, so I mean, go. we are missing a lot of the fun of Brett fucking having a cow. Like he would shit himself if we read this to him. That's, that would be the best part. He would shit himself and die. And die. But um, people, people knowing that he uses Signal, I think, is a nice little. That's that's a nice little like, hey, welcome back, Brett. Yeah. Yeah. So we we just got to divulge one detail at a time of of where Brett's layer is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We're we're building our own Ready Player One where it's where where it's Mm -hmm. it's all designed by Brett and you have to master you have to master like all the the various cynicisms in order to track him through the matrix. (laughs) Yep. Um, so uh, Ready Player One being adapted by Steven Spielberg it's like this like even the book like started a bidding war like I've been hearing about this shit since it came out anyway someone all I've read of it is this one page that someone posted on Twitter and I fucking can't uh, so here it is I devoured each of what Halliday referred to as the holy trilogies Star Wars original and prequel trilogies in that order Lord of the Rings The Matrix Mad Max Back to the Future and Indiana Jones Halliday once said that he preferred to pretend the other Indiana Jones films from Kingdom of the Crystal Skull onward didn't exist. I tended to agree. I also absorbed the complete filmographies of each of his favorite directors. Cameron, Gilliam, Jackson, Fincher, Kubrick, Lucas, Spielberg, 
Del Toro, Tarantino, and of course, Kevin Smith. I spent three months studying every John Hughes teen movie oh, and memorizing God. all the key lines 37 of dicks! <laughs> Only the meat get pinched. The bold survive. You could say I covered all the bases. I studied Monty Python. And not just Holy Grail, either. Every single one of their films, albums, and books, and every episode of the original BBC series, including those two lost episodes they did for German television. I wasn't going to cut any corners. I wasn't going to miss something obvious. Somewhere along the way, I started to go overboard. I may, in fact, have started to go a little insane. I watched every episode of The Greatest American Hero, Airwolf, The A-Team, Knight Rider, Misfits of Science, and The Muppet Show. What about The Simpsons, you ask? I knew more about Springfield than I knew about my own city. Star no Trek. <laughs> <laughs> it, like it feels like if someone made a universe out of a pinball machine, yeah. where like each different world is a stupid fucking it's, reference. It's more like if someone made a universe out of the guy that fixes the pinball machine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like the worst part is, it's also on the nose. It's not like. It's not like one guy's obsession. It's just like, hey, you guys think this is cool, right? Yeah. You yeah. guys, I, I hate to do this to you, but it keeps going. <laughs> you, I'm sure, more? though, that there are some people it, for it, whom they're like, fucking it gets, finally, it gets everything worse. I ever wanted. It, it, it gets worse. Okay, all right. Uh, Star Trek? Oh, I did my homework. TOS, TNG, DS9, even Voyager and Enterprise. I watched them all in chronological order. The movies, too. Phasers locked on target. I gave myself a crash course in 80s Saturday morning cartoons. I learned the name of every last goddamn GoBot in Transformer. Land oh of the Lost. Oh my god, this is like fucking really earnest member Barry. <laughs> like, like this, this guy is not seeing... This is no self-awareness at all. The author's like, name is Ernest. Remember, remember. Is it remember, Hemingway? Remember. Yes. <laughs> it's a Hemingway. <laughs> I memorized the name of every Transformer, and it was good. <laughs> Should I keep going? Because we also yeah, it, it we also worse. got his slam poetry to cover. We, keep okay, in mind. Uh, okay. Shut up. I, I think it gets it sort of turns a corner to even worse. Okay, all right. Who was my friend when things got rough? HR Puffin stuff. Japan? Did I cover Japan? Yes, yes, indeed. Anime and live action. Godzilla, Gamera, Star Blazers, the Space Giants, and G Force. Go Speed Racer, go! I wasn't some dilettante. I wasn't screwing around. I memorized every last Bill Hicks stand-up routine. Music. I like how memorizing every Bill Hicks stand-up routine isn't screwing around. That's like that is like the definition of screwing around. He's in school. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. By the way, this guy is a high school student. So yes, you are screwing around. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if this is what you learned in the future. That's true. Here are all the obnoxious references you would need to understand mm-hmm. twenty teens culture. Can you just hire a consultant? At some point, you should realize this isn't that important because it's it's just a ride. Read, read that last <laughs> the last sports writer style like single sentence paragraphs. Uh-huh. I memorized lyrics, silly lyrics, by bands with names like Van Halen, Bon Jovi, Def Leppard, and Pink Floyd. I kept at it. I burned the Midnight Oil. Did you know that Midnight Oil was an Australian band with a 1987 hit titled "Beds Are Burning"? I was obsessed. I wouldn't quit. My grades suffered. I didn't care. I read every issue of every comic book title Halliday had ever collected. I wasn't going to have any... Jesus Christ, he's just he literally just naming different things that he likes. <laughs> How does this guy ever stop having sex? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love just like, what, what does he think the reaction is going to be? It's like, 
Those are all things I know about! <laughs> yes! This guy fucking gets it, man. Yeah. He fucking watched all the cartoons I watched when I was fucking 12, dude. It's, it's literally a grocery list of stuff he has consumed. There's no analysis. There's no, <laughs> I like this because of this. Right. I Here are the things I appreciate. It's just like an enumeration of his sadness. Uh, okay. He's supposed to be in high school so, during this phase. Yeah, so so let me then also explain the, the scene that really set Brett off. We didn't talk for a couple weeks after this. Um, <laughs> was it because of this? Yeah, I think he was just so dis... I don't think he talked to anyone, but... Um, <laughs> you just sent him down a, yeah. a hole of silence. Okay, so there's this scene where you know his buddy has this like virtual room that they all hang out in. And so... Tight, um, tight. They're hanging out, and there's this one guy who stops by, but they don't like him very much. He's he's a little too arrogant. And um, is he arrogant about nerd stuff, or is he yeah, arrog- about nerd stuff? Oh, okay. And so he managed to procure a copy of. I, I believe this is real. I don't think this is made up for the book. There's apparently some Atari game that is very rare, and it was like you know in development when things kind of went south for Atari. So there's like five cartridges of it worldwide, something like that, right? I, I don't remember the details because. Because um, who fucking I'm a registered cares? sex. Who I'm a registered sex haver. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, so anyway, uh, the guy's like, "Oh, I bet everyone's super jealous. I got my hands on this extra rare Atari cartridge." And so there's all these people hanging out in this room, and the main character goes, "He didn't expect what was about to happen next." And then like the dialogue, I'll paraphrase, is like, "Did you know that?" The person who wrote that game also went on to develop some software that was later used in applications in the later 80s. And the guy's like, I didn't. And everyone's like, oh! And then he's like, did you also know that if you go right three times on the 24th screen, you enter an area with a top secret Easter egg that says congratulations? And the guy's like, no. And everyone's like, whoa! And it, like the book actually says like people... Why didn't you read the audio book? <laughs> yeah, that would have been great. So people... Because I get tired of tagging like this. Because um, that's what everyone in the book sounds like to me. Um, and so, and, and like, uh, and like, the book's like, suddenly everyone was watching us. I could see people out of the corners of my eyes high-fiving each other. And I'm just like, oh, this poor sad fuck. And he's just enabling these other poor sad fucks who are like, one day yeah. I'm going to be in the right situation where my knowledge of arcane shit no one cares about is going to be valued. That's right. Everyone thinks jocks uh, are the douchebags in high school, but at least they fuck. Yeah. <laughs> also... <laughs> Also, I feel like uh, I feel like bros are much easier to be friends with than like nerds. Like, th- there's like a weird. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of barriers to entry to be friends with. There's one of these more people. mean girls like you can't sit with us amongst exactly. nerds than there are amongst douchebags. Yeah, like like mm-hmm. if you want to be friends with a bro, you need like a Coors Light. To be yeah. friends with one of these people, you need like a bibliography. Well, yeah. there's there's some balkanization too, where it's like. Those are the anime fags, you know. It's a lot of infighting. Yeah, fucking brownies. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he also someone sent this to us. Uh, apparently, like I read this guy's Wikipedia page, the author of Ready Player One, and uh, I guess he got his start in the doing these Austin poetry slams. Like he was like a multi-time winner of uh, Austin poetry slams. And uh, and someone sent us for that. <laughs> yes, we should. No, there was a lot of cheering. It sounded like 
It sounded like a party. There's I guess actually, that like, makes it a slam. Yeah, exactly. There's an MP3 of this on his website. It was an auto style slam. And, uh, <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> it's another one in the butter. Something about sounding grimy. <laughs> Better give me the microphone before I bust in my pants. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's Onyx. I was uh, like, what? <laughs> uh, Eminem is wearing an Onyx shirt in uh, in the Defiant ones. Which Dude, that isn't that incredible? Rough. Yeah, I thought the Defiant ones was so fucking good. I it, I came around, but what uh, did you not well, when like it started? And it was like about fucking Dre ruining the the Beats headphone deal. I was like, I don't give oh, a yeah. fuck You're about like, Jimmy Iovine's goddamn headphone deal. Structure like, is fucking, a corporate deal. Like, yeah, like yeah. Will I Am is talking about how how like revolutionary his deal to sell headphones was. I was like, yeah. get the fuck out of here that's forever. fair it uh, had a lot of other cool shit as well yeah. that i i kind of thought that was interesting just because i was like oh yeah grown men doing mm-hmm. business but yeah it wasn't no, like, the talking heads talking about it wasn't interesting it was yeah. like i was kind of into this storyline but then every time it would cut to fucking will i am the story uh, of eminem getting discovered was fucking nuts yeah. though i didn't realize it went down like that yeah like he just picked up a, a tape. random tape <laughs> yeah that's awesome Anyway, I'll be selling tapes of my comedy. <laughs> Someday that's going to happen to Matt. Yeah. People are going to be like, Matt, dude, Matt, LA, waiting. Matt, flap, flap. And people are going to go, what is this, dude? Dre's going to be like, I need this flat, guy. Flap, flap, LA, Matt. <laughs> you know that new sound you're looking for? Yeah. Well, listen to this. Y'all, what's up? LA, Matt. Flap, flap, flap. Up in that cat. This one's called Nerd Porn Auteur by Ernest Klein. I've noticed that there don't seem to be any pornos that are made for guys like me. Because the- you never fuck! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Is this a slam po- uh, poem? Yes, it is. Uh-oh. Yeah, jacking off to reruns a full house? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. All right, I'm ready. Hold on. Is- <laughs> Gird your I loins. Gotta prepare- I yeah. gotta prepare myself. All right. All the porn I've come across was targeted at beer-swilling, sports bar-dwelling alpha males. Men who like I can't, to... I can't, I can't, I can't. <laughs> men who we like to fuck! <laughs> we shouldn't do this. This is going to make everyone angry. No. Uh, <laughs> men who like their women stupid and submissive. Men who can only get it up for monosyllabic cock-hungry nymphos with gargantuan breasts and a three-word vocabulary. Oh, man, I'm getting horny. Adult- what are you looking for? <laughs> Type it in. You will find it. Everything. <laughs> you can watch dinosaurs fucking Matt each other. Matt found quicksand porn, for God's sake. There's literally everything. There's literally everything. <laughs> Adult films are populated with these collagen-injected liposuction women, many of whom have resorted to surgery and self-mutilation in an attempt to look the way they have been told to look. These aren't real women. They're objects. And these movies aren't erotic. They're pathetic. These vacuum-headed fuck bunnies don't turn me on. They disgust me. And it's not that I'm against pornography. I mean, I'm a guy, and guys need porn. Fact. Dude, this guy is the biggest piece of shit. Who do you I've think ever, fucks for felt. money? <laughs> I, I love when when guys like when when their point is like against the objectification of women, and then he basically calls like any chick that's in porno like right. a piece of shit whore. Right. And not yeah, his he's type. He's so woke that he proceeds to denigrate all sex workers. Yeah, all That's sex, how woke he is. All sex workers are fucking idiots because they because they don't speak in, in in polysyllabic words in porno. They're all fucking idiots and they deserve to die. Good job, woke guy. Uh, what a oh great ally. Um, anyway. Like a preacher needs people paint. people do to fuck. This guy is trying to fuck so hard with this. <laughs> he I is just trying can't, to fuck. 
Keep going. Read it. <laughs> yeah. Read it. Let's and, just fucking do it. And guys need porn. Fact. Like a preacher needs pain. Like a needle needs a vein. Guys need porn. But I don't want to. Oh. It's a bit subjective. <laughs> but I. But I don't want to watch this misogynist so he-man woman hater porn. I want porno movies that are made with guys like me in mind. Guys who know that the sexiest thing in the world is a woman who is smarter than you are. You can have the whole cheerleading squad. I want the girl in the tweed skirt and the horn-rimmed glasses. To get fucked on film for my pleasure. <laughs> yeah. From a distance. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want those fake women those those fake women that are gross have, because of surgery. Have you been surgery. on a porn site lately? Like, there's so many women in tweed skirts and horn-rimmed glasses on porn. I don't want I'm like, you just, porn. I don't want girls who... emo. Emo <laughs> And you will find it. I don't, I don't want women who've been who look away that they've been told to look. I want women to look the way that I tell them to These look. These are called well, women with directors. <laughs> They're getting fucked for money. <laughs> uh, the horn room glasses. Betty Finnebowski, the valedictorian. Oh, yes. First, I want to copy her trig homework. And then I want to make mad, passionate love to her for hours and hours. Until she reluctantly asks if we can stop because she doesn't want to miss Battlestar Galactica. Summa cum laude, baby. That is what I call erotic. But do you ever see that kind of woman in a contemporary Fuck adult off. film? No. Which is why I'm going to start writing and directing geek porno. I shall be the quintessential nerd porn auteur. And the women in my porno movies will be the kind that drive nerds like me mad with desire. I'm talking about the girls that used to fuck up the grading curve. The girls in the Latin Club and now the National Honor Society. Those girls have other jobs. <laughs> <laughs> They're off not getting fucked for money. <laughs> I'm talking about you. You in the audience. Yeah, you women. I'm talking about coercing you into fucking me through the guise of me being a safe dude. But really, I'm another scumbag. <laughs> I'm talking to you, girl who might conceivably fuck me. Not those other girls who never would. I'm talking to you. Uh, uh, chicks with weird clothes, braces, four eyes, and 4.0 GPAs. Brainy articulate bookworms. Oh, you mean 16-year-olds? <laughs> <laughs> uh, with Mensa cards in their purses and chips on their shoulders. My porn starlets will come in all shapes and sizes. My porn starlets will be too busy working on their PhD to go to the gym. Again, what PhD candidates have a chip on their shoulder? <laughs> and want also, to these fuck. are actresses. You want them to do that? You can find this. <laughs> yeah, this you is a type. Oh my good God. Uh, I In my kind of porno, the girls wouldn't even have to get naked. They'd just take the guys down to the rec room and beat them repeatedly at chess. And then talk to them for hours about Heisenberg's uncertainty principle or the underlying social metaphors in the Aliens movies. He should just <laughs> get really... Can you imagine? Just He's... imagine he went from sexual talking to a woman. Just imagine the condescension. No, don't do imagine, that. No, don't say that. He just needs to get into like how he talks to every woman he's ever encountered. I'm sure there's like an ASMR video of like some girl playing chess and being like, "Next, I'm gonna move the pawn for two places." <laughs> the best part I, I'd is watch that. And the best part is he's structuring this whole thing like it's some rare, rare fantasy that no one's ever had before. Yeah, it's like, right. dude, there's fucking 500 pornos that are about this exact thing. Well, and, also, yeah, and he's also pretending not to know, and that's what <laughs> makes me like really suspicious. Is he's pretending not to know that porn like this exists, which means he is doing this specifically for an audience of women who do not like, who do not watch porn, which means. He's just trying to smash, girl. <laughs> well, and, and he He's also, just a fuckboy. That he, is just some fuckboy manipulative shit. He also tries to hedge at the end because the whole thing is like, oh, you're being weird and creepy and talking about who you want to fuck. And then at the end, he's like, in my porns, 
We don't even need to fuck. It's more of just a podcast. But you just mentioned that you were fucking this girl until she wanted to watch Battlestar Galactica. So are we fucking or are we having a podcast? And are you beating off either way? Yeah. He basically just said every porn star is dumb. Which is real. Yeah. Well, it's like, oh, dude, I'm so woke that I just shit on every chick. Uh and I'm not just talking about straight porn. Oh, no. There should be fuck films for my nerd brethren of all sexual orientations. Gay nerd porn films with titles like Dungeons and Drag Queens. This idea is a fucking gold mine. I'm going to make millions. Because- <laughs> Wait, is this a poem, by the way? <laughs> yes, it is. How is this a poem? <laughs> I mean, well, because he, he made the lines uh, at different yeah. lengths. Oh, it's... Like, like some a, of this, it's like a quadruple haiku. And yeah. also, he's gonna talk with a uh, with a black urban accent while he's doing it. <laughs> well, Matt, we actually have him doing some. Yeah, of you it. just put Hold emphasis. On one second, I'm Dungeons and Drag Queens. <laughs> I'm going to Pornhub.com right now to search Dungeons and Drag Queens. That's a. I'm gonna, I'm gonna find it. The worst part is, listen to how much applause he gets when he reads this thing. Are you really making us listen to this again? I just want you to get a feel for it. I've noticed that there don't seem to be any porno movies that I are made for guys like me. All the porn I've come across was targeted at beer-swilling, sports bar-dwelling alpha males, men who like their women stupid. I mean, just because, like, like, when I read this, uh, I'm like, there's no there's no way that... I mean, people, are, people in the audience are cringing at this, right? But no, they're fucking going wild. Do you think he's a big deal out there in Austin? Po- Clearly, I mean, he said he he won shit. He started, yeah, he he won the poetry slam and he started a bidding war for his uh, well, this for is his book about uh, the. Oh, is that how this all started? Yeah. So this all started with this. Yeah, no, was, this is old. I mean, you got to give him a little credit. Right. This was written probably like 2002 or something. We were like, where at that point I well actually no, he's still using the internet. I mean, really, it's like yeah, if you walk into as long it, as there's if been you walk porn, into a, a fucking porn. bookstore and you're looking at or wherever they sell porn magazines or did like Playboy and shit, it it is generally one kind of I'm chick. pretty sure you could find nerd porn on like day one of the internet. And especially mm-hmm. if you were a nerd you would know where to find it. Right, right. That was probably the first porn. Yeah, well you know, fuck poetry. How about that? <laughs> I, I mean, don't blame the poetry for that. Alright, that's that's unfair. No, f- the- f- fuck, sl- fuck slam poetry in general. Uh, I mean, I think it's... And this motherfucker this- in particular. <laughs> fuck bad boy! <laughs> wait, a se- wait a second though. <laughs> what did he sound like when he was doing it? Uh, he read it really fast. Yeah, he, it, he rushed it, it. There wasn't any slam poetry swag. It was to fast it. and kind of nasal. Like, oh, that. I don't really say about that. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. Well, you know, I still, I probably write about the other stuff. So you sounded like Eminem. <laughs> yeah. 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 I know it's not a lot of porn for guys like me. <laughs> I was doing the, the 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 sound effects that are in the back. That was kind of Eminem's um his revolutionary uh. uh feature to the, to rap was he's just adding vocal sound effects like it over the top of his raps you think he was the first one he was the first guy to do that i mean well who who else did that i don't fucking know, I don't know. but I'm i sure can't i mean i'm not like it. a rap scholar but it, it was the first time that i remember hearing it yeah where he's like i strangled him and then in, in the background he's going eat, eat, eat. <laughs> we i'd have to look that that could be interesting i mean if you break that story i'd be very impressed i mean it's a story that's like 15 yeah. years old story is it though because yeah. i've never heard that well, <laughs> so heard, it's not. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> Vince Mancini, hip hop expert. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> a frock cast exclusive. Eminem used sound effects in his raps. 
So that's uh, that's Ready Player One. You guys yeah. gonna rush yeah. out and see that? No, it sounds like shit. Yeah, so. I don't want to see um actually the movie. That sounds like <laughs> fucking garbage. Matt, you know you're gonna have to talk that up on the Star Wars show. Oh hell no! Why would I have to talk about that shit on the Star Wars show? It's Steven Spielberg. He's buddies with George Lucas, who did. Well, George Lucas is not involved anymore. Yeah. He's he's out, baby. It's still called Lucas Films. Yeah, but you know. <laughs> In fact, specifically uh, at Comic Con. I kept saying, uh, making jokes about George Lucas, and they were like, uh, well, you, you probably don't, those jokes probably don't make sense anymore since George Lucas has nothing to do with the new Star Wars. I was like, oh, oh, right, that's right. So, <laughs> People were telling you that? Uh, the, the producer was, was saying, like, uh, they're funny, but also remember he has nothing to do with any yeah. of these movies. We're trying to downplay that aspect of the Star Wars here on the Star yeah. Wars show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh god, that sounds like fucking shit, man. That that just that put me in a mood. Matt, someone said that you got in a Twitter fight with the uh, with the alt right this week. Uh, this week? I don't know if I got in a fight this week with with the alt right. I mean, I've I've had encounters with the alt right on uh, on, on the internet, but you know, not specifically this week. I, I saw that someone was like, uh, t- "Tell Matt to talk about." his run-in with the alt-right on twitter that didn't happen fake news I, I mean not not this week so far my my run-in with the alt-right on twitter has been like uh just trolling random fools I, yeah I don't, I don't really know what the person is specifically <laughs> Dude, referring to i fucking trolled so many random fools this week well you know sometimes like you'll see someone say something and then you'll be like oh, i'm gonna make fun of you like i made fun of this one person who uh calls mike cernovich cerny or mm-hmm. Cerno, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, a I, lot of them uh, call him Cerno for short. Yeah, and I, I thought that was uh, uh, an adorable nickname for a sociopath. So <laughs> I, uh, you know, I started uh, tweeting uh, these gifts of Judge Judy doing an eye roll. And uh, <laughs> oh, you served him, nice uh, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you yeah, served those guys so hard. Did you follow yeah, it up with a mic drop gift? A dish is the real question. Did you, get, like, did, did you put like a Beyonce gif of her like rolling her eyes or something? Feel the CERN. Ah, uh, uh, nice. I yeah. oh, here's a un- kind of related thing uh, in Cuba. The uh, oh, here we go. Here comes the abbreviation <laughs> for the. Uh, currency that tourists must use is cuck. Whoa! Yeah, all right. yeah, and so that's like cu- 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 it's, cu- it's a convertible like peso uh, something, but mm. it's C. Anyway, it's cuck. So cool, we made cool. about three or four of those jokes and then moved on. That's cool. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what you do. <laughs> yeah, a couple, couple, three, and then it's really time to kind yeah, of just not just pay people in that. So we started calling them kooks because it was a little easier. You know, if you were Ernest Klein, you could like take that thing that was funny to you and your friends and just make like an entire career into a poem. out of it. Yeah, yeah like I, turn it into a poem and I'd then like adapt that, that poem as a film, and then yeah. you could just list the things that were funny when yeah. you were twelve. See, I and, always get I always get mad when people uh, end up doing stuff, or you know, they make something shitty. But honestly, if I could write a book that got turned into a movie about something super niche and totally shitty, I would be so stoked. Oh yeah, hell yeah! Big, I would love to make a horrible film and book. I mean, I say that, oh, but yeah. but then I read just reading that page that he wrote 
like made me die a little inside and so like i try to imagine myself having to get through an entire book that made me hate myself but imagine writing something at the time you think it's kind of good and then you reread it and you're like oh that's not very good every single day friend right but then you send it off to someone they're like this is great and (laughs) then it hits and everyone's like this is great you're like Oh god damn it, maybe it is great. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. That's like Tucker Max where he's like, Oh man, now I gotta be the guy that like yeah. talks about fucking chicks until exactly. I'm like fifty seven. Yeah. I could think of a worse life. <laughs> I could think of a I lot bet, worse I bet lives. you could, Joey. Yeah. I bet you could. Joey Max. That's right. To smash and poo. Yeah. And bring me that box. <laughs> he's changed his ways. There was there was some profile written about him a couple years ago that he like, you know. He like gave up drinking, and he's got a committed girlfriend, and he like drinks health shakes now. No, I think ultimately once that's cool. Once a throng of dumbasses is like, let's get fucked up and bang chicks. You're like, wow, it's not all it's cracked up to be. It's a school of dumbasses. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like we talked about this a really long time ago. Was there like just two years where like biologists had nothing to fucking do except make up plurals for like different animals? Were they? Those were my favorite years. There was no actual science, so they were just. They were good years. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh no! We a long time ago we talked about Tucker Max and and uh, I, I feel I think we do a pretty good job of copping to embarrassing behavior and one of which was like thinking he was really funny at one point. Oh yeah, but of course when you're like 22, I think it's a lot more relatable and like literally every weekend you're like going out and getting obliterated four nights a week, mm-hmm. and then you get older and you can't do that anymore because you get hungover for four days. Yeah, and right. Then, then or you're like, you're oh wait, or because you're a drug addict. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you got if I got trapped. Uh, in the persona of like my 22 year old self, fuck. I'd be yeah. dead. <laughs> that would be dead. Um, oh, I'm sorry to bring the party down, guys. <laughs> Jesus wouldn't like it if you're on heroin. <laughs> Jesus doesn't like when you put a needle in your arm. Intravenous drugs are homosexual. <laughs> Putting that needle in your arm. That, that needle is a phallic symbol, and you know damn well. Might as well put a penis in your arm. <laughs> Jesus wouldn't like it when you're getting stabbed with penises. You put a needle in your arm, it's like putting a penis in your arse. <laughs> cool. Cool. We're having lots of fun. <laughs> uh, Robocop. What do you guys... Yeah. So, yes! Uh, I'll start. So the reason I wanted to talk about Robocop... So I made you guys watch... Um, the Untouchables the other week because it was on uh, Amazon Prime for free. And so The Untouchables came out the same year as RoboCop. And in a way, I kind of think that uh, that The Untouchables says so much about like the id of 1987 where um, like they celebrated the guys who were enforcing Prohibition, which was like a shitty law. And like... That like everyone hated. That everyone hated. But they're heroes. And I think it was just because like... They were American and they were straight shooters and like uh, and the eighties was the eighties felt like a backlash to Watergate in some ways where like the water like the seventies was all about finding out how uh, your country was actually kind of shitty and then and then after like a few years of feeling shitty the eighties was just like let's feel good about ourselves again and then let's so, make America great let's again let's make America great again that's which was actually a Reagan slogan yeah. Um, yeah. so then you know fucking Untouchables and all that sort of stuff comes out where it's like oh man these guys are heroes because they enforced uh prohibition but you know they're american so they're they're awesome and then yeah it's because america's about the rule of law whether or not we <laughs> like that law is inconsequential yeah it's all no about following the rules aggressive. that's american rules right there but then 
And then RoboCop is kind of like this. I feel like RoboCop had to be a total surprise hit because it's it's kind of like the opposite. The entire police force is corrupt, and it's and it's all about you know like privatization and and this corporation. It's all about corporate uh, corporate boardroom shenanigans gone wrong, which mm-hmm. which I love about it. It's about office politics. Yeah, it really is. Like my favorite scene in that whole thing. I mean, obviously the best scene is when Ed Two Hundred Nine is just blowing the shit out of yeah. out of that poor guy uh, who has ten seconds to comply, and he's just getting blown to shit. And then at the end of it, he gets shot like eight thousand times. And then the CEO's like, "I am so disappointed." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love. They're like, "Call a paramedic." Yeah. yeah. No, he doesn't. Someone want to call a goddamn no, paramedic? He doesn't call a paramedic. He like uses that moment to sort of shame his coworkers to make himself look better in yeah. the company. Like he doesn't miss an opportunity to climb the corporate ladder. He's like, someone want to call a goddamn paramedic? Come on, Fisher, you don't even fucking do anything at this company. It was good. It, it, I thought what was so cool about it is it's like, it's just really fucking funny. And so <laughs> yeah. like a lot of the, it also felt like to me, and so maybe, you hadn't seen it. I, I hadn't seen okay. it. Yeah. And I, I was able to watch most of it. And it's like, it, it seemed to me like, it just felt like a like just a movie. It felt like the <laughs> yeah. epitome of a movie. Like it was like before technology got too good, so it's still kind of like you can tell that they're putting it together, but it's just like this right age of it. I don't know. I yeah. thought it was great. Some of the Dude, ED two oh nine was like stop motion effects. And I'm like, man, if if this movie well, I never saw the remake, so this movie has been made today, but like he wouldn't oh, just right. fall down they the stairs. Ed two hundred nine would not fall down the stairs. It would trip and then it would like collapse the staircase and it would crash through like eight floors yeah. uh, into like the explosives room and then there'd be like an explosion and you yeah. know like he'd blow it, up a building like he might cause like a sinkhole and like all of yeah. Manhattan would just dis- disappear. Yeah, and, and there, then a portal awesome. would open up and yeah, yeah. yeah, there'd be a portal. There'd be a portal. Matt, so me and Brendan grew up with this. So I think we both have like a deep attachment to RoboCop. But Matt, you hadn't seen it either, had you? I yeah, I had never seen it, and I, I I have to admit it's it is I think the perfect way to describe it is it was very much so a movie. that was you're absolutely right and and from the very beginning i was soaked on it because it was just like robocop i was like all right i'm fucking ready for this and 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 then in case you forgot at the very end it's like robocop oh yeah once again i mean i i i'll admit i did not i did not finish the movie but uh uh i assume uh robocop gets revenge that's my guess (laughs) yeah um um so I, I mean, but, I, when I when yeah, I talked I, to one of the screen screenwriters, he described it as uh, we were playing dumb to be smart, which I think is kind of sums up the entire yeah, thing. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I I thought uh, as I was watching it, like the the context of of cops in the movie is kind of like they're I guess they're 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 good guys but the system is corrupt and and then i was like kind of ready for like all right what is this going to say about the time and the place and then i watch it and i'm like no this is turn your brain off and watch the fucking bullets fly <laughs> i mean it's like, there like all the satire is there but it's, it's not yeah. like it's not like leaning it's not it's not breaking the fourth wall and being like you no, too yeah. can stop corporate crimes yeah it was it's really great it's i mean i i'm excited to to finish the movie but i, I thought it was a <laughs> It was a solid moving picture. <laughs> Brendan, I know you got some thoughts. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's, I think on that same, along those same lines, is like the playing dumb to be smart. Like, 
I think it has a lot of smart things to say about like ultra reactionary politics and the um, the ultimate like th- this very uh, the way that the, the people tend to revere uh, the free market uh, in in ways that become so strange, mm-hmm. uh, namely like privatizing shit that shouldn't be privatized. You know, yeah. like um, I was getting a pol- political argument with my dad, who's like convinced I'm a socialist. I'm like, I don't have to be a fucking socialist to think it's a bad idea to like like put infrastructure in the hands of like private companies like yeah. it's, it's so funny but anyway um and and like i think that's a pretty they're like all right well all this fucking privatization is happening we're getting completely ripped off like what could that potentially look like and then mm-hmm. it's like the kind of the first easy place for a joke is like what do they fucking privatize the police force yeah. <laughs> which is like pre-blackwater and pre yeah. like so much of this shit yeah actually well, happened after the movie came out yeah and then um uh yeah, so, so you have a bunch of that stuff, and so I think that's kind of smart. And then, of course, like probably on a related note, it spends a lot of time on um, on you know really depicting um, unionization as like this scourge, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's done in a way that you can tell it's tongue in cheek, where it's like everybody's like, "How how dare you threaten to strike?" You know, so it's yeah. like well, very well, anti organized labor. Robot. Yeah, I- very anti organized labor. Right. This is 1987. You yeah. know that like. Yeah, what did you think? Of, I, I was thinking about it through the context of a little bit like modern day politics. Who would rather invent a RoboCop? Because I think you can make the point for both sides. On the right, it's like privatization, law enforcement is the most important thing. It has to be perfect. It has to be flawless. Like, let's do this. But on the other hand, the left would be a lot more likely to be like, humans can't do this. They're being too subjective. They're fucking it up. We need to, like, go this route. No, it'd be like, you know... There's an app for that. Yeah, the solution... The problem would be like, (laughs) oh, crime's out of control. And that would be all coming from the right. But then the solution would be like, Elon Musk. He's like, oh, I can please both sides here. We got a robot cop. And then somebody fucking dies. The other thing that I love about it is um, it's like, you know, everybody in the corporate world, like everything is like a war metaphor and it's all this, like anything business related is all this ultra tough guy shit. And and so like the first boardroom scene, like Ed 209 comes in and uh, the main guy, what's his name? The guy like Miguel Ferrer plays the, I forget, but he's like. The, the other guy's like scared and he like pushes him off him and straightens his suit out. It's like, no, yeah. I'm the I'm the tough guy. And then some dude just gets his whole body like blown apart. It's not, sort of like, what if we took what if we took all of this um, corporate posturing at face value? What if it was like life and death? And it's almost like American Psycho yeah. status. Like yeah. this dude gets blown up, and it, you know you could easily see one of those guys being like, "Here's my business card." <laughs> there's, there's, yeah. yeah, there's also some dialogue that's really easy to miss when they first. Like the in the scene leading up to when they shoot Murphy, um, mm-hmm. when they kill Murphy, where the guy who ends up getting melted by toxic waste and another guy are bringing in all the money and they're arguing about like why don't we just be bank robbers and the guy's like we take the money we buy coke with it and then we make more money um, and the guy's like well we could just steal it and the guy goes free enterprise the best way to steal money <laughs> it's like kind of it's like heavy handed but it's also like was the, it was pretty funny I mean like they're everything in it's super heavy handed but it's kind of like that's the point that's like the that's, charm like that's Paul Verhoeven's entire yeah is like doing like doing everything way over over the top top. well yeah i mean even so yeah the guy who gets blown away by ed 209 i mean he gets hit by 
50 to 75 bullets i'd say (laughs) like it's so excessive i think there was 200 squibs oh really yeah it also made me think about um (laughs) there's a scene in total recall also paul verhoeven where arnold just like grabs a random human shield in the subway and he gets (laughs) shot like eight thousand times (laughs) it's like so over the top and i remember seeing that when i was really young like both those movies when i was very young like and they were scarring to me a bit because those they're so gory and it's so dark and it's so just bleak and pessimistic Uh but then like when you see it as an adult i think you can understand a little more the nuance and you're like oh this is actually like satire it's really over the top and funny it's weird because those scenes are super funny still like you're laughing at some guy getting blown apart but then the part where murphy like dies and and you're watching him like his life flash before his eyes and then it goes dark and it's like from his perspective like that shit is legitimately disturbing yes it was it is I totally, I remember um, my friends and I were watching it a few years ago, like we were in college and I remember one of my buddies like, I got to get up, man. Like he like, <laughs> yeah. just got up and like yeah. he had a moment yeah. to himself. He like yeah. went and took a walk. I got to go. Um, well, cause it's, it's like, it tricks you with all the cool, like, oh dude, there's a fucking dude in a big ass metal suit with an awesome gun. And then you watch it and then there's some shit that, you know, that, that legitimately disturbs you. Yeah. Uh, you you pointed out something in your in the piece you wrote, Vince, that I thought was kind of funny um, or interesting, rather. That you were talking about how you know you remember RoboCop from your childhood as like you know like an action figure and, yeah. and like a superhero almost, like and, an action um, figure, exactly. Yeah, God, and I, I remember that, and it's it is interesting to think about it in the light of everything, all the thing, all the themes and whatnot we've been discussing. Like I totally remember in like you know fourth grade, you know one of my buddies having like a. A, a cartoon RoboCop like sweatshirt, and it had the OCP logo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's very, it's just Dark. weird to think about now. Yeah, yeah, like, but it's it just purely so it is darker. And then you just think about what's the precedent where an R-rated movie also became... There was a cartoon. There was a RoboCop cartoon. Yeah. Um, like that a was, super dark, hard R movie that almost was rated X became yeah. like a kid's cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> What? Oh yeah, there was titties at the very beginning. Yep. Well, that was another funny thing that I was that, I was, that I was finding out Cop when I titty. when I was when Robo I was talking top. to uh, the screenwriters. Basically, like anything vaguely perverse was added by Paul Verhoeven. Like yep. every single thing, like the uh, the titties in the beginning that was that was Paul Verhoeven. Um, <laughs> the scene, the scene where um, they're they're tracking they've tracked Clarence Boddicker's gang. And and uh, the female cop Lewis is like tapping the dude on the shoulder who's taking a pee, and he like turns around with his dick out, and he's like, "Mind if I zip this up?" And then she looks at his dick, and he like knocks her off of. Yeah, the... RoboCop was a cuck. <laughs> yeah, he was. The reason he died was because his partner got distracted by uh, a black a, guy's dick. A dong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was Paul Verhoeven. Then there's like the the weird, the super weird rape scene where the two guys um are are like menacing that girl in the parking yeah. lot and paul verhoeven paul verhoeven came up with the line i bet there's more hair down, down here yeah he came up with that he also came up with the idea of robocop shooting the dude in the dick like uh between Through her thighs her yeah that was insane i thought yeah that was pretty great i mean you know uh it kind of took away from the whole he's a robot part of it yeah where he was like i've got this great revenge idea <laughs> yeah i gotta shoot him yeah. right in his so fucking it was very like funny because like the, the screenwriters are like oh yeah he's like a pre-sexual character and you know we didn't want there to be like a love interest or any sort of sexual vibe to robocop and then you get paul verhoeven and he's like oh what if what if he shoots him in the dick 
Yeah. <laughs> the, the funny thing to me is like like any parody, you you run the risk of like people taking it the exact opposite way because they can't interpret the nuance. So like, there's definitely parts where I'm like, man, this is like a right winger's wet dream. Mm. Just like, like just oh, the, the idea of the crime filled future the crime that only like, future. Yeah. That only like a cowboy. Yeah. Can. Well, cause like, first of all, you know, I, I wonder how many people that are like standing your ground supporters, how many of them were just like, so influenced by eighties action movies where they like, Oh, all, they, that's the, all, that's they, their, they're they're like the entire world like view. they truly do not understand that like a cop can't just like shoot someone who looks suspicious like you, <laughs> yeah. and like i wonder that because you see these people arguing shit and like i wonder if they sincerely and not because they want to believe that because that they actually do believe that because like when they first drive up on clarence boddicker's crew before he becomes robocop on their first day together right they're like, oh, this van looks suspicious. And he's like, okay, give me your gun. <laughs> so he's dual-wielding pistols hanging out the, the window. <laughs> and they're like, hmm, this van looks suspicious. And like, that's his reaction. Yeah, be a plumber. Like, I, I thought that was, yeah, I thought that was very well, interesting. And so, like, so then, yeah, it becomes, like, this right-winger's dream. But then it adds the extra layer of horror when you, you realize, like, everything we know about Trump and, like, how literal he takes, like, all the media. And, like, yeah. I was like, uh-huh. I was like had this weird thought experiment where like robocop gets shown on hbo at, at like 1 a.m and he's awake watching it and then like the next day it's like folks we got we got armed thugs running around the streets there's guys one of them's a cattle wrestler the other one's an early 80s punk they're raping women out there it's <laughs> happening <laughs> pubes there's a we gotta do something Trump, about this there's a is that mark Wahlberg? Like mark yeah, yeah. <laughs> um there was an anecdote he does about, sound like mark Wahlberg. there was an anecdote no. about <laughs> trump on his plane he does where like some people had r- ridden with him on his plane and he had this thing where he would watch movies and like and he would control the remote and try to see how fast he could get through a movie well, and so they watch sorry it. i need to correct you this is important he would make eric fast forward oh, he made eric fast forward <laughs> so apparently apparently he was like they were watching kickbox Boxer, uh, with Sean Claude Van Damme, or was it Bloodsport? Bloodsport? Bloodsport, which like is probably the most relatable thing I've ever heard about that. Guy. <laughs> yeah, and so this, that movie rules. His thing was he would make Eric fast forward through all the non-fighting scenes so they could just watch all the fighting. <laughs> the non-fighting, so he wanted none of the setup. None and of the I'm, setup, just all like this. Now I know how he watches porn. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing that I I didn't see. Did you see the remake? The recent no, one? No, I didn't. I didn't. Because I'm wondering. Because I felt like the reason this worked is their technological extrapolation was nailed to 80s technology which is super fun because it's all hardware it's like let's build it up we'll get all these machine parts together it's gonna like i don't know i don't think they did this in the new one but i was wondering if you could even make a relevant robocop now because it'd be totally different i mean it'd be like artificial intelligent with a or yeah artificial intelligence with a drone you know situation drone situation great band and a, and a lot of it is not is not much of a leap because of the fact that the police have been militarized like a mother oh that was the yeah. i mean i love the fact that their idea of like the goofily militarized police force was like these big catchers big, big ch- catchers chest piece um uh, pull bulletproof vests vests and like hockey helmets yeah whereas right, like the yeah. actual cops now have way more gear than that yeah. Oh yeah, right. they're fucking tanks. Yeah, so I mean, so uh, what did they do in the in the new RoboCop? I mean, that's the thing. Nowadays, I feel like the the angle you would have to take would have to be purely satirical. But I feel like there's no way that the new RoboCop was satirical. I feel like 
it was very serious, but I haven't seen it. I, I still haven't seen it, but funny anecdote about that is it was directed by this guy, Jose Padilla, who did the uh, Elite Squad movies, and which are fucking those awesome. Those movies fuck. Yeah, those movies are really... That's like... I mean, I saw Elite Squad 2 at Sundance, and I was like, holy shit, that's the best action movie I've seen in forever. Just like straight up balls-to-the-wall action movie. And, uh, and after it was over... Uh, I asked Jose Padilla during the Q and A. I was like, um, "So are you gonna are you gonna keep making sort of these you know movies like this, more of these indie action movies, or are you gonna come to Hollywood and make?" I said, "I said you're gonna come to Hollywood and make Pirates of the Caribbean 7, I think was my question. And um, because I saw it and it was just like it was like this perfect ho- like you if you watch that movie you're like this guy could make a really good Hollywood action movie and so I knew I knew some studio was gonna throw an ungodly amount of money at him to make some bullshit and he's like oh no I own part of this movie so you know like I'm a I'm the financier as well as the director and we're gonna keep making movies like this and blah 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 and then like you know a year later oh he signed on to direct the PG thirteen RoboCop remake <laughs> so yeah that oh, yeah. that figures. Hundred million dollar budget for that looks like. Yeah, this one had it. So uh, th- this one had like a thirteen million dollar budget, which was like low but not crazy low for nineteen eighty seven. And um, I guess the uh, the producer had worked with like he'd been working with Roger Corman, so that's why it looks really. It looks very much like a trauma movie or like a like a B movie. I think that's why all the special effects look good because it just looks like. There's a lot of puppet work and like random like blood. Do so, like, you, it's made by people who clearly just like the idea of blood splatter. Do you want to hear the basic overview for the 2014 RoboCop? Yes. So the idea is in 2028, multinational conglomerate Omnicorp, great name, uh, revolutionizes warfare with the introduction of robotic peacekeepers capable of maintaining law and order in hotspots such as Vietnam, Iraq, Afghanistan, and Iran. Uh, and there was like a law that basically got passed that forbade drone use by the United States. So they deploy these peacekeepers, it's I not, guess. It's not a bad idea. It's not, it's not a bad update to that. But it definitely Although, makes honestly, it... you still could use Detroit if you had to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not a bad idea, but it also makes it global. And like one of the things that makes Robo- RoboCop so 1987 is that... There's no like global implications. It's all just like it's yeah. one town. He doesn't have to save the world. There's no portal. All he has to do is like kill one dude. Yeah. Yeah, and there's kind of all these allusions to like uh, the dystopian future, which is nice. Where they're like, you know, they just they just rocket set rockets out of Cancun, and you're like, oh man. The <laughs> yeah, the rebels have taken lit. Acapulco. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, did you notice the like most of the women? I'm thinking specifically of the women that Miguel Ferrer's character is is uh, is doing blow with. They talk like 1930s like flapper girls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> Why don't you come over here and make yeah. me happy? Yeah. <laughs> um, I asked. Oh, we'll see you soon. <laughs> my my last question to one of the first screenwriter, which I think was the question that won him over. I was like, all right, I've always wondered, bitches leave. Is that a descriptive sentence or an imperative sentence? Like, is he, <laughs> was he saying, was he telling the bitches to leave or was he just like making, having an observation about what <laughs> bitches and what they do? And apparently, what it was he say? A, apparently it was an imperative sentence. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's like, I think that was an imperative sentence. Like, all right. All right. 
<laughs> Could be both. Yeah. You don't know. So Paul Verhoeven, I feel like no one gives him credit for being a weird perv. It's kind of weird that um, he no one came gives out... him credit for being a weird perv. Well, because look, he came out, he made Hollow Man, which is basically like, what if you were the invisible man? What would you do? Oh, you'd probably go <laughs> watch naked. <laughs> yeah, you'd go watch chicks undress and like rape them. And then. I used to think about that as a young man <laughs> well, in school. Yeah. I'd be like, dude, if I had the Adam Sandler <laughs> click technology, I'd run around this school and just take people's clothes off. <laughs> I've since matured. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but as a 14-year-old, I don't oh. apologize. Paul Verhoeven's very in touch with his, his inner 14-year-old boy. And then he made that movie, L, like his most recent one, like his... His journey back to critical relevance was to make a movie where, like, a chick gets raped and then not make it, uh, like, treat it very cavalierly. Sounds yeah, riveting. I don't, it, it's... It, was, it was weird. I mean, uh, it was a good performance by What's Her Face, but, uh, yeah, it was weird that, it, that nobody really connected so that all to of his, all of his super rapey Pretty movies. much all of his movies are creepy and pervy. There's something pervy, like, pretty much in all. I mean, Total Recall, there's, there's three There's lots of dick trauma. Yeah, yeah. Arnold gets kicked in the nuts, like, eight times in Total Recall. Don't, don't him and, don't he and Sharon Stone have, like, a really sort of violent, like, first sexual encounter? Yeah, and oh, then... Yeah. Um, and then uh, the the one guy, the guy with the glasses, gets stabbed in the crotch by the mm-hmm. by the midget. <laughs> it's one of those cool, weird cool, things. Cool. One of those weird positions that a director's in, where they're like, "I'm just going to make something that's really true to life, like you know what we all experience." <laughs> and then they start making something, and people are like, "What the fuck are you thinking about?" <laughs> like, I think you get away with experience. it if you're Dutch, where you're just like, "Oh, I'm, I'm Dutch. I'm yes, Dutch. I, I eat sprinkles for lunch." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so I just I just like the idea of impish Paul Verhoeven, and then there was like the weird nightclub scene where they're in a nightclub and there's all like, like yeah. random shots of topless chicks. Yep, and oh, then Frank great. Sinatra's in there. <laughs> was he in there? No, that guy looks so much like oh, Frank Sinatra. Yeah, yeah. That one henchman, <laughs> the henchman with the the he's balding and he's he's created a sort of comb over that's also a mohawk. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty great. Ginger faux hawk comb over. Mm-hmm. Solid stuff. Is henchman still a job? It seems like it's phased out a little bit. You know, if you can get it in this economy, yeah. It's well, a in good the future, there's still henchmen, but it's it's a gig economy thing. Yeah, it's more of a it's, it's like a, a henchman it's on demand. It's like the Uber of henchmen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hench. Hench. Just henchly. It's called hench. With a Y. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Matt, are you you're happy you watch this, Joey? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It was a good movie. Sometimes you recommend watching a good movie, and it's like, hey, that was worth it. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. It was. It was like I said. It was cool. It seemed like a. It was using, like I said, the RoboCop technology was like the perfect era of technology to extrapolate on, mm. and the movie making technology was also one of the great eras of like really just people kind of putting together a flick yeah it made it fun i just i like that it seems like such a fluke hit um you know it seems so much dirtier well, just from beginning to end it's completely fucking insane like <laughs> yeah I, it's been a few years since i watched it but i've watched that movie dozens of times and like i just kind of was trying i, I was trying to make a conscious effort to kind of try to see it with new eyes you know what i mean and like mm-hmm. be really analytical when i was watching it and, and just like i think it sort of forced me to take it a little more on face value than i'm used to and <laughs> yeah. and it sort of made me go like 
holy shit like at the end I was like what oh my god that movie like this is insane this is yeah. insane. like who the fuck comes up like it's crazy I loved it just as much if not more but I think like the the influences came through more this time like once I found out that the like the main producer had produced uh, Top Secret and Airplane and worked on like a bunch of Roger Corman movies I was like oh that mm-hmm. makes complete mm-hmm. sense like yep. parody comedies Fucking and like really is and like so really good. gnarly gory B movies yep I don't know. I may have already brought this up, but do you think anyone's? I I think I've said this exact thing, but do you think anyone's doing anything like some of those great Leslie Nielsen comedies right now? No. Do I you mean, think it's possible? Because when you rewatch those, you're like, holy brothers. shit! <laughs> yeah. When you rewatch them, you're like, holy shit! This is incredible. There was that that it's wave so fun. of. Uh, what do you call them? Freebird Seltzer. Remember yeah, yeah. Seltzer Freebird. They made all those really bad movies. Oh, they're still making them. It Are seems they? like it'd be oh, yeah. weird in uh, HD. <laughs> it really does. I think the closest things are. I think Walk Hard is is criminally underrated, and I think and, yes. and Pop Star. I think it comes like comes. I gotta close. see that. I've stated many times on on Fraught Record that I think the Naked Gun is like the best comedy. Like yeah. it's, just, it's so perfect good. to me. It's so good. It's got OJ. Have you ever watched uh, Police Squad? Yes, I used to have those on VHS. I recorded them off Comedy Central when I was a kid. I still have never watched. And, them and I had those. them on VHS. I mean, it's- they're just. Incredible! They're they're amazing. The jokes per minute in that era of comedy is what seems very unrivaled. Like now yeah, it can be were... like, oh, it's a comedy because Paul Rudd was in it, you know, <laughs> right. instead of like right. it's a joke every twenty two seconds. No one can stop winking now. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's all fucking. Everyone's just winking. Everyone's breaking the fourth wall. Everyone is so self aware that it just gets old. But back, back, you know, in those those Leslie Nielsen movies, man, those were like. They, those were planned out, dumb, fucking silly bits. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just like, remember. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Like it's just Buster Keaton level fucking physical comedy and literally like, like when, he's uh, trying, when he's trying to pull himself up the building on the dick. <laughs> like, well, that's like, like, like hanging off a ledge is some extremely Buster Keaton shit. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. the parallel yeah. is is I think also with stand up and obviously like as a comedian I'm not a high jokes per minute guy like I like long drawn out things it's just how I like to do it but there's not a ton of comedians that can get away with doing that 80s style like setup punch bam right. boom bam boom bam and it's the same kind of rhythm as some of those movies there's also I think I think the sticking point is like in the 80s the thing was you were to you were the butt of the joke like you as the joke teller yeah. you were the clown like you like sure. you, you were being laughed at and I don't think there's much comedy like it whether it be stand up or movies I don't think there's much comedy where the teller is not in on the joke like we can't yeah. handle not being in on the joke yeah and the, what really made it was I mean like Leslie Nielsen uh, is a serious actor who they say they have him continue being a serious actor in what is very clearly yeah. a comedy just, like what just made a, it a top notch straight man right exactly and he's and it's very he's he's you know especially in police squad he's super in, subtle in the and uh, it's like you're watching a guy who's pretty sure he's on dragnet but, uh, <laughs> yeah. on Dragnet, and that's what makes it. And the same yeah. thing with Airplane. Like I like Airplane a lot less than I like uh, Naked Gun and Police Squad, um, just because I didn't think the main guy uh, was was very good. But like a lot of the bit parts, like the flight control guy, is like the funniest mm-hmm. part. Of, oh yeah, of, and of Leroy's of getting larger. Oh, I mean, just anyone who, yeah, it's it's 
uh, it's not someone repeating a line over and over that Judd Apatow is having to do. Okay, yeah, do another yeah, version. Yeah, yeah. I like, you know, I love, and it's no, there's no like celeb. Well, there is celebrity cameos. I take that back. Yeah, that probably started, but Reggie Jackson. But that's the reason I love Top Secret. OJ. Weird Al. <laughs> yeah, that's the reason I love Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah, I love Top Secret because no, Frank, that's it's Weird like, Al. It's like um, it's like uh, Naked Gun, but Val Kilmer is playing it like he's Elvis and he's in Blue Hawaii. Like he thinks he's in mm-hmm. this right. like. He's he thinks he's in like this '60s beach romp, skeet surfing. Yeah, it's you, so good. you know what I actually think is is somewhat similar, although I haven't been watching it as much recently. Is Always Sunny? I think does a pretty good job mm-hmm. of like those are all pretty strong actors, mm-hmm. um, and they are the and butt they, of the and joke. They are all that was like the whole concept of Always Sunny was apparently they were like. How come there's no show where literally every single character is a complete narcissist and yeah. they basically battle? Like, did you ever see the? There's like a clip on YouTube which is their pilot or whatever caused it to get picked up, and it's only like a five minute sketch. But it's like Dennis goes downstairs to Charlie. Charlie's his neighbor downstairs, and he just wants to get a bag of sugar. But Charlie <laughs> just found out he had cancer. cancer. Yeah, so yeah. he's trying to like keep him there and like tell him about how he has cancer, like selfishly. Yeah. But Dennis is like, I like he has the sugar in his hand, and he's like trying to leave, yeah. and the, the fear is in his eyes. It's so fucking good. There's that one scene in Naked Gun Two where he Frank Drebin infiltrates, you know, the enemy base or whatever. And the plan beforehand is if he gets caught, the code word is, I love it. And so uh, everyone's in the police van, but they've parked up against the telephone pole. <laughs> yeah. So they catch him and he's getting patted down. They're like, what's that smell? He's like, I've been swimming in raw sewage. I love it. <laughs> and then like nothing happens. So the guy's like patting down his crotch and he's like, I love it. And I just, it's one of those things like it's so influential on me that I can't yeah. help but hear someone say that they love something without me thinking about that. So then like the whole like uh, uh, Russian lawyer affair, remember like Eric Trump was like, if it is what you say, I love it. And, like, it just, and then it just makes sense because it's like Eric Trump as Frank Drebin just bumbling his way as this straight man yeah. through like the greatest comedy the world has ever seen. Yeah. There's a lot of parallels, man. Oh, man. Uh, but yeah, those, the the Naked Gun movies I think are, are like perfect. Well, sorry, the first two, the third one's kind of stupid, but... Um, I, I I even like the third one, but it, I like Wednesday. Like it's it okay. It's a step down. It's a, yeah, but like you, there's you, there's a long way down before you get to like average. Yeah. Do you guys want to do uh, worst takes of the week? Yes. So I didn't. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, so I asked for submissions. I didn't get a lot of them that were you know uh, fraught ready and and short enough to read on the fraught but. Um, Ed Zitron, who is one of my enjoyable Twitter follows, tweeted this review of... I don't even know if it's a review. I guess it's a review of the new Queens of the Stone Age. Um, and uh, I was just thinking about how much I fucking hate movie, music reviews. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, all, I mean, I have vivid memories of reading certain music reviews that are just so fucking mind-blowingly bad. Yeah. And just like the entire concept and very so, self-righteous right. i definitely had like a like a jacking out of the matrix moment with music reviews where it was like i think i was just like reading pitchfork and i was like i don't have to do this to myself and like, i know i, I, I know what it was i, I get still to do it to myself and pitchfork is always the one where like either they make a really interesting point and i'm like oh that's interesting or i'm like why can't you just have fun <laughs> <laughs> it's not even like that they can't enjoy it it's just like the writing is so 
fucking tortured and bad. It's yeah. So this is the Queens of the Stone Age review that like made me think of this, and this is like the specific paragraph that I'm thinking about where I just from, I was from, like from which website? Ah, fuck. Um, that looks like Rolling Stone. Is it Rolling? I don't know where it's like the 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 headers cut. Oh, filter filter albums. What the fuck is that? I don't know where it comes from. Okay. I, 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 I the headers cut off. Uh, it's but it's about the is Queens filter of the, a magazine. I don't know. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll look it I up. think so. Uh, this is a paragraph from their Queens of the Stone Age review. Uh, Iggy's Bowie-produced classic texts are visible as palimpsests across villains. <sighs> One of the album's plangent detours. Wait, wait, wait. Can, wait re, re-read that. I word. And I, don't, I don't know what a palimpsest is. It's a music magazine. It's a filter magazine. Uh, Iggy's Bowie-produced classic texts are visible as palimpsests across villains. The name of the album is called Villains. Okay. Uh, one of the album's plangent detours, Hideaway. Plangent? Uh-huh. One of the album's plangent detours, Hideaway, soars on peeling keyboard and guitars flushed mm. with the same ingenuous hurt as tonight. Ugh. There's the pure fun-time robotic groinage and gauche saxophony. <laughs> Was this written by Miriam fucking Webster? <laughs> yeah. And gauche saxophony of Unborn Again. More generally, Hom's guitar treble is baked to thin white duke levels of extremity. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, Palimpsest. It sounds like, you know how you can get AI to make a picture of stuff? And then it just makes like a weird fucking like psychedelic fucking monkey with one eye? Yeah. Yeah, that's what it sounds like, except it's words about music. Do you want to know what palimpsest means? Please. A manuscript or piece of writing material on which the original writing has been effaced to make room for later writing, but of which traces remain. Cool. Mm. I always thought it was palimpsest, and so, I, I mean, like, I'd vaguely heard the word, but I heard it wrong, and then, yeah, and then there was this. That's like a uh, that's like a word that music critics made up, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so this made me think back to like the time when I turned when I turned a hard corner on on music reviews, and I think I think me and Brendan and Brett all dis- discussed this at the time because it came from Pitchfork, and I've had I've had I, I looked up the exact phrase because I only remembered one phrase from this review, which was Sylvan genuflections, and it was just like I fucking I'll never forget for as long as I live the phrase. Uh, Sylvan genuflections. That's um, awesome. And so I looked it up, and apparently it comes from this um, review on Pitchfork of Bright Black Morning Light. Uh, and, and then it's in, it's like the fir- it's like the fucking lead. Not only is it it's not buried like Sylvan genuflections is the fucking lead. Uh, and here's it is. Despite Sylvan genuflections and hippie naturalism, the shaggy Alabama-born, Northern California-based core of Blight back Blight. Bright black morning light are surprisingly redolent of royal trucks. Break up your sentences, <laughs> my God! I love, I love that he's trying to do like deep analysis and exposition like in the same ten words. Have you ever? This is actually a game my friends and I like to play. If if a band that we really like comes out, we'll say listen to it and write your own review so we'll do our own music reviews in a group text it is really fun <laughs> and now i'm going to start using way fancy there's words. no way it could be as tortured as this it's not but it's fun <laughs> it's partially the neil Hagerty and jennifer harima thrift style tight best friend relationship and the harmonizing between guitar toting nathan nabob shiny water and Rhodes massaging <laughs> rachel Raybob hughes but also Ugh. take stock of the slow-mo blues languid guitar scapes and druggy atmospherics 
Instead of I smack. feel like the reason they write this is to be like, oh, I guess you don't like music that much, do you? And it's like, yeah. If I have to read this, maybe music isn't worth it. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of smack, it's peyote, and a scrubby squat's been replaced by a tent beneath the stars. The obvious non-trucks deal breaker. I like how they, they, they he spends the entire first uh, paragraph disagreeing with himself about how much of this album uh, uh, reminds him of royal trucks. Like anybody's <laughs> fucking knows what that is. I feel like the opposite of that guy who was writing the review of porn earlier. Where I'm like, <laughs> why doesn't anyone write music reviews for me? Yeah. A beer swilling douchebag <laughs> who just wants to enjoy the goddamn song. <laughs> yeah. Where's my music review? Um, instead of smack, it's peyote, and a scrubby squat's been replaced by a tent beneath the stars. The obvious non-trucks deal breaker? Bright Black supports sundry environmental causes, including Friends mm, of the Eel. Sundry. Nope, can't imagine twin infinitives Ma and Pa getting too into that. Like, if you took this... <laughs> Nor can I. That's <laughs> 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 Ma and Pa. Ooh, that's a great band name, though. Twin Infinitives. <laughs> I would like to just take this, like, 500 years from now and give it to someone and be like, all right, you uh, you now have to write the liner notes. for Like, you have to write the... Uh, uh, the pop-up video to explain what the fuck any of this means. Like the <laughs> yeah. explanation of what any of this fucking means would take up ten paragraphs. It D- just sounds like fucking uh, like Elaine Bennis's job writing copy. For- <laughs> <laughs> what do you think these writers are like in real life? Like, do you think there's at least some element of self-awareness where they're like, "Dude, we're just trying to be like super obscure and like it's kind of a voice that, and it's like a thing we're going for." Do you think they're like actually this insufferable in real life? Probably. A mix. I can't tell. I don't think they're this insufferable, but I think they'd just be like sort of regular, and you'd be like, "What the fuck." Does this mean? And they're just be like, "Oh no, this is this is just how you write music reviews. This I think is just it, how it's done, man." It, it, I think there's obviously a variety of types. It could be the type where it's like they're super cool, whatever, but like definitely don't play your own music around them because you'll start <laughs> second guessing yourself and hating your life. Like they might be yeah. very particular snobs, but some of them you'd have to figure if you're that cynical and specific that you'd have to have at least one little bit of being cynical about your own work right. hopefully I, yeah, also... but these guys like the, these guys also love like pop music ironically and stuff I, I feel like yeah. you could still get along with people the, like this the Justin Timberlake record that came out in like 2001 or whatever the one with like Rock Your Body um, yeah. they gave that a 10 and like their whole review was like not about the record but about like defending oh, like oh you thought yeah. we wouldn't do this oh you're <laughs> yeah. surprised why yeah. would you be surprised why would you be surprised that's exactly, exactly what it was Matt produced by Pharrell <laughs> Timbaland and Pharrell's tracks were magnanimous I can't even think of a hard word <laughs> magnanimous uh, the, it also made me wonder about like the way that you experience music if you're a music critic because like with movies it's very straightforward i see the movie i write the review you you everyone yells at you yeah you see Mm -hmm. a movie like you think about what you thought of it but like like with music i wouldn't just like listen to an album once and then write about it like i'd kind of have to live with it i'd kind of have to be like in the mood 
for it? Like, how many different times, how many listens would you give it? And would you be, like, reading the lyrics as you're listening to it? Like, how much would you be trying to analyze? How much would you just be trying to find the right situation for the music? There's so many different factors that must go into it. Dude, it's it's not that much of uh, of a fucking science. You listen to the album, you find a thesaurus, you find the hardest word for what you're trying to say, and then you do that until someone fucks you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's weird. That's it. It, do- it does seem like I- I'm in a weird place that because sometimes it is nice to like listen to something and be like, ooh, I liked it, but I do want to know what the what other people are thinking and what kind of the general consensus is. Yeah. But also music is not always meant to be fucking under yeah a consensus or put under a microscope or completely analyzed like there are some songs that i love that i could at least make the sounds of that if you asked me what they were talking about i'd be like i'm fucking yeah no like there's maybe there's sounds good there's like three word strings lyrics of most of the songs i love yeah Yeah. there's three word strings where i understand the the imagery but then the rest of this like as a whole i have no idea the only song song lyrics i really know are hey now you're an all-star by smash (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) i still can't believe it's meteor man and not media man well fuck me that doesn't but make any the sense. Meteor Man begged to differ. Why would, the, the why would Meteor? Why would Meteor Man? Like Wouldn't me, it be the Meteor like Man? The, no, the meteorologist. Yeah, like, I thought it was the me- weather man. Media man. But the Meteor Man begged to differ. But I guess yeah. it could Don't be the same guy. The satellite picture. Because he's talking about a local news weatherman who could be oh. a Meteor Man or a yeah. Meteor yeah. Man. Dude, the ice we skate is getting pretty thin. <laughs> you really understand? Is, yeah. And even more so now. It's getting We might as well be walking on the sun if I can move references. Now yeah. I'm a believer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, why can't we be friends? <laughs> Hold on, let me go. Uh, we got oh, all four Smash Mouth songs, guys. <laughs> man, fuss you, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's good. There's no more Smash Mouth songs. Have you the seen the, the thing with the, the Smash Mouth guy? You know how he's friends with Guy Fieri? Yeah. And then they make him eat all the eggs? Yeah. <laughs> that was that was that was at fart. That was like yeah. he that that was when people started to notice who at fart was was because he would just tweet at Smash Mouth's Twitter account every day. Smash Mouth, eat the eggs, and because <laughs> Smash Mouth, I want to see you eat fifty eggs. And Smash Mouth was finally like it was the lead singer, but he controls the Twitter account. He's yeah. like, fine, like put your money where your mouth is. I'll do it if you raise ten thousand dollars for the children's hospital in San Jose. And so he did. Yeah, he uh, ate the eggs, and uh, and then he's like, and then. Like the craziest <laughs> development of that whole thing was he's like, and you know what? We'll make an event. Oh, uh, my best friend show up and cook the eggs. Guy Fieri. And everyone's like, what? That's <laughs> <laughs> the Smash Mouth guy, friends of Guy Fieri. And the Smash Mouth guy is one of those guys who like just missed kind of how Twitter works, but he's really into it. Yeah. So you can get a rise out of it. Oh, yeah. he'll, he'll tweet he was, it like, he tweeted it like some local they, radio. They had the state. beef with Gawker because Gawker wrote an article about um, Smash Mouth and the lead was. Guy Fieri and his three friends came out with the out like that was yeah. the lead and so then they got no beef and it was like like Smash Mouth was like kind of funny on Twitter so it was like you know kind of came away with the begrudging I, I respect like I, I came away with the begrudging respect too I also like that he went on like a 50 tweet storm defending Trent Balky because he's like a 49ers yeah, he's a huge yeah. Niner fan a huge Niner fan and dying on like the weirdest hill of all yeah. Yeah. hills if you're a Niner fan why go to yeah. defend yeah. Trent Balky it's like if you're just a Niner sort of fan, defending you... the fucking Yorks it's yeah. insane uh, but let it's me tell awesome. you why the guy who ran the best coach and all the best players out of town is actually awesome. Yeah, he's but playing you, ten-dimensional chess. But yeah. you know what I like? Knowing the 
fact that the lead singer of Smash Mouth is at his computer using his Smash Mouth clout to defend his favorite yeah. team. Oh, GM. it's so fucking on brand that he would be like a talk radio douche and be like, you know what, Skip yeah. Bayless? Here's why yeah. you're wrong. He's got a he's got a little bit of that self awareness though, where it's oh, kind absolutely. of like this is fun. He's I, just Smash enough to where it's like fun. It's still co- mm-hmm. he, and also now he's culturally. I wouldn't be still talking about Smash Mouth, but he ate the eggs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I got another pick for worst take of the week, and uh, and this one, this one comes from Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who oh, she's no, yeah. delightful. Just her fucking face, like every time I, I look know. at that goddamn face, I just want to push her down a flight of stairs. I can't, we haven't even touched fucking, on the fucking mooch, the greatest political career. <laughs> oh, don't hold make on, me cry, on, you guys. All this time. Hold on, we okay, gotta get, sorry. Hold on, we got we got to get. What has happened over the course of the past? Ah. Obviously, sorry, I fucked that up. I fucked up, man. Let me try, let me try this again. <laughs> Vince doesn't have on portrait lock, so it's just yeah. he's chasing around the screen. Yes. Yeah, what? What is that? We'll do it in post. So this is uh, this is Sarah Huckabee Sanders getting asked about the chaos of of Mooch getting fired. Come on. Any minute now. Brandon, press play. Press play and a lot of people don't understand what that's like. Off from raping people. Uh, why are we talking about her when we could be talking about the mooch, though? I don't have a good clip How of the mooch. It, it doesn't. It's, say goodbye yeah, it, to we It is the most fun the good thing. The time that made us laugh. <laughs> I don't know the words. I would almost go time of your life right now. Like and a <laughs> to see the memories to give his sunshine and to the rain that was it's beautiful. so hard to say goodbye to the guy who says he been sucks his own dick <laughs> okay I'm done that's good. Yeah, that, I I just love him so much. I think that's so the sad. best memorandum. Just, I mean, it's hard to yeah. like analyze the fact that we all just got that treat, but you know, sometimes the brightest candles burn fast and like nothing, a shooting star. And nothing they, gold can stay, Pony Boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which of these quotes do I even read in that New Yorker piece? I, I think it is more fun that it happened quickly because now we we can we can talk about it without having to go. Ah, oh, this guy's ridiculous, but he's also the white working in the White House. And now that he's gone, it can really be like, man, what a ten days! I, I, Ryan, I don't know if this is Ryan Lizzo or this is just um, New Yorker style guide, but I thought he showed some decent restraint in editing out the like like rail snorting sound effects <laughs> in between these quotes. Uh, I mean, like, can't you just see him like work like licking his gums like as he's saying yeah. all this? Like, yeah. 
how fun would it be to be on coke and being like, I got one job. I'm going to find these leakers and I'm going to do it for my country. I mean, it seems like he's built his entire persona out of watching like Boiler Room and Scarface and, uh, and taking and, it seriously. And, and, well, again, that's, so yeah. that's the thing, right? Just like the just like the people who are like watching RoboCop are like, yeah, yeah, there's scum out there like this. We're going to get him. It's like the same thing where it's like, you ever see that movie Scarface? It's fucking awesome. Dude, just like dominate shit. Yeah. You know, like, they say, I'm going to my fucking ball. Balls and yeah. he fucking kills the guy, dude, because he's got balls. That's what I'm going to be like. <laughs> or like the people are like, yeah, I watched every set episode of Mad Men. Don Draper's so fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. I want to know what he's doing right now. Oh, well, I mean, uh, can we talk about the Sleeping fact- on Vince's couch. <laughs> can we talk about the- Hey, yo, Mooch! <laughs> Mooch! Cocaine. <laughs> can we talk about the fact that uh, he, uh, his wife was like, "Hey, I'm ha- I'm giving birth. You should come see the birth of your child." And he's like, "Nah, dude, I gotta watch. I gotta watch the president uh, give this speech to the Boy Scouts. It's really important for my job." And then yeah. he gets fired. Yeah, <laughs> he gets and fired. he loses his wife. He lost his wife and his job the same week. And when they brought his wife in, he's like, "Leave civilians out of this." It's really yeah. weird to There's, me when people yeah. use the word civilians and they're not in the military, especially considering all the shitty talked in this in his like famous his famous new yorker piece but even before that one of my favorite things was his introduction when before the craziness but his introduction was him talking about the president <laughs> like he was kim jong-un and yeah. he's going oh you think he's nervous i've seen this guy through a tire a spiral <laughs> through a yard from 30 or through a tire from 30 yards away this man stood in madison square garden in a top coat yeah. okay swishing <laughs> free throws he sinks three foot putts you think he gets nervous it's like holy shit <laughs> What? Don't sell me on Donald Trump being athletic, you fuck. My favorite part of this New York piece is just like the the reporter just trying to describe it in between the quotes. Uh, so in between the quotes, he's like, he was getting more and more worked up, and he eventually convinced himself that Priebus was my source. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the writer was throwing so much shade at him. It's amazing. Yeah, it's there's, a, like, a few lines that are like, yes, he actually, for some stupid reason, believed that I would not report this. Yeah, like, it's a very it's a very rich column. It, it continues, you know, bearing some. It, it continues giving some very g- nice fruit the more you read it, and like it, it deserves multiple readings, and you can really just get nice subtle nuances, you know, with each new pass. It's yeah. really a it's a thing of beauty. There was some political reporter on Twitter who was like, um, "This guy lost his job." And that his was wife, I saw that, yeah. and this is not funny. And everybody's like. No, the, yeah, there's, there's, no, there's, like, 10, there's like ten thousand replies that are like, actually, this makes it funnier. And then like an hour later, he like quote tweeted the same thing, and he's like, I guess I'm wrong about this. What he, well, the, what he clearly missed was this guy lost it. This guy got rid of. Right. He made these fucking decisions. Also, we're supposed to be sad. Like this is what this is a quote from the New Yorker piece. How am I supposed to be sad about this guy getting fired? This is his quote. They'll all be fired by me, he said. I fired one guy the other day. I have three to four people I'll fire tomorrow. Yeah. I'll get to the person who leaked that to you. Rince Priebus, if you want to leak something, he'll be asked to resign very shortly. My favorite part of the column, really understated but like classic reporter and interview, is Scaramucci says something ridiculous and then Liza just goes, 
what? I said. <laughs> I was like, that's how I felt this whole time. Uh, again, also there's a repeating theme, which is like still of all the funny. Th- I mean, there's going to be, there is going to be good content that comes out of this. Like all the books, all the tell all books, both serious yeah. and non-serious uh, yeah. about, about all this. But like, um, it would have to be like 7,000 pages. Right. Right. Of every, so you think of all the things that have happened that, that are like such rich, uh, fodder for comedy. And like, I still can't get past the, you know, uh, quotes, wires tapped, you know, tweet storm Mm -hmm. um, that he basically got from some like conspiracy radio guy. You know what I'm talking about, right? Obama tapped my wires in Trump Tower. Oh, yeah. Uh, Uh, yeah. I remember that story. Well, and he's never been able to provide any proof and all that kind of shit. But like... um, and it's like, or you but, were but talking was, to a guy who was already under surveillance. Yeah, it was a tweet storm, and then the last tweet he tagged the FBI, and it was like, "My guy, you are the president of the United States. You do not need to tag the fucking FBI on Twitter." Shoot the old email, fam. <laughs> <laughs> like you probably have a fucking bat phone. Like what? You know, like that was what was so funny to me. And then, then Mooch did the same thing. Mooch tagged the FBI in in when his um his uh financial disclosure document was leaked i say with sarcastic air quotes because it's a public document yeah uh, like like who, who these guys are tagging the fbi on twitter like it's amazing they live through they the media doing it's it. more real it's than their so real lives weird. even when they have connections to the real agencies did the we, fake artifice is more real to them oh absolutely but did we find out why he got fired i mean he seemed like the perfect guy we believe john oh, wait, wait. kelly yeah came was in. like this yeah. this can't like you're only gonna embarrass yourself if you have this guy go ahead yeah. matt no, that's that's exactly right. I love um, trying to figure out what the line of too embarrassing is. Yeah, it's beautiful. What's beautiful about the firing? It's that is is specifically because there was a happy ending on this one. Whereas, like, I, I what did he get, walk down to a massage parlor afterwards? <laughs> right. Well, for sure, he got he got jerked off that very night. We know that. Make it quick. I'm seeking alpha on Tesla. <laughs> but but like there's uh, yeah it's hard to read any Trump tweets or anything like that and find uh, you know too much humor in them. I mean sometimes he'll say something outrageous and I'll laugh, but for the most part I'm like this is so depressing. He has so much power. And then um, but with you know Scaramucci just like that it became a nice closed finished story. So we can now look back at him and and enjoy uh, him for what he was. By the way. Uh, saying I'm going to find the leak and the way I'm going to do it is by firing everyone is literally what Jack Nicholson did in The Departed when he said <laughs> how he used to deal with rats. He said, you know, back in days like this, I would just kill everyone that worked for me. That's essentially the same strategy. Right, that but, but that had. lines up because like a guy like Scaramucci who would want to work for Trump is totally a guy who thinks he's like a mobster. Like he's from Long Island. Like you you can totally tell that he's like, you know, he's just like looking at spreadsheets all day, but he's like, you know, really the way I like to run my business is like, uh, you know, I'm like a wise guy, you know, it's like I got my lieutenants. I make sure, you know, I get a cut. Everything goes up. You know, if things get out of line, I make sure that, uh, you know, it gets corrected if you know what I mean. And, uh, you know, we got muscle and like literally all he does all day is like stare graphs. Oh, just to bring this full circle. Scaramucci is exactly the type of guy for whom RoboCop was written. Like the entire corporate satire <laughs> of like the corporate guy who like thinks he's an actual like military or like mob boss. That's exact. That's the entire movie of RoboCop. Yeah. It's like, oh, what if Ed Two Hundred Nine came in and you're like, ah, I'll show this guy, and then he just fucking blows you away on top of a conference table. Yeah. 
Scaramucci is is for sure, um, you know, Patrick Swayze's friend from from Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> like he's uh, he, he's meddling in something that he really. He's he's not a mobster, but but he he thinks he is. He feels really, he feels like like a, one of the minor characters in Goodfellas. Like which minor character in Goodfellas would Spider? Uh, I was say Spider. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Frankie Carbone. Yeah, no, I think he's Maury. more. Yeah, I think he's more more like Carbone because Spider. The Spider's not like a tough guy. He's just like confused. Right. So I thought, I thought you said I was all right, Spider. Yeah. No, I thought I thought you said I was all right. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I mean Stephen Miller. It's an easy. There's an easy parallel. Like he's definitely like Buffalo Bill, but <laughs> it's Joe Bluth. Put it in there, Berkey. <laughs> he's definitely like the weird pervert. You know, like he's definitely like a sex weasel. But precious. It was cool that Mario Cantone was playing Scaramucci. Like that was too short. Yeah, that that was real good. I mean that was. That was dead on. <sighs> Don't cry because it's over, guys. Smile because it happened. I yeah. think Mario Cantone as Scaramucci is better than Melissa McCarthy as Spicer. It seems more accurate. Oh, yeah. There's something uh, charming about the haplessness of Spicer. It's, just, <laughs> right. it's like a different flavor. He's like Jim Tom Sula, kind of. <laughs> yeah. He's like, <laughs> and now everyone's Jim. like, oh, that guy, you know, he uh, stood up for something. He quit <laughs> just in time. He's like, just rock walks in disheveled. His suit doesn't fit. He's got like a tobacco stain on his on his lapel. Uh-huh. <laughs> probably, probably dug his sandwich out of the trash. <laughs> <laughs> the story about uh, Spicer going to the office late night and stealing the fridge was really good. <laughs> what was that? He basically like he kept saying he wanted a like a. It was like one of those personal fridges, those little small ones that you have in like a dorm yeah. room, and like a an office full of like assistants like low-level assistants had one that they all shared and he kept going like i want one because like every literally every single person that administration is just like he has a balloon give me a balloon and so he wanted uh he wanted the fridge and um they like just wouldn't get him one well because they're all naked grifters yeah and so uh he just like went in super late night and just stole their fridge So now i'm thinking he might be like the stapler guy from office space a little bit spicer Milton? yeah Hmm. A little bit, but I think Milton, like well, no, on some level, Spicer. I think the out. charm of Spicer is that he wants so desperately to be good, and he's the farthest thing from like being showing any capability at all at his job. Yeah, like there's such a massive chasm that he's trying to overcome. Whereas like Milton's more just kind of like, well, I just come in and do my job and clock <laughs> yeah. in and clock out. You know, whereas Scaramucci might not be like that terrible at his job, but he's just. Uh, He's a loose cannon. He's a loose cannon. He's like been doing coke for like the last twelve hours, and he—I love the fact that he—he—he kept getting more and more worked up. I love it when someone can just talk and then they work themselves up. Yeah, it's not like you're in—you're not really involved. Like you might as well just be like a brick wall. Yeah, but there's somehow like just the act of them talking gets them more upset about the thing they want to. The best part of that whole interview is he called Ryan Lizza, so the entire (laughs) Ryan Ryan Lizza picks up his phone. Yeah, and then just goes. Uh-huh. He must have missed what? the ten, he must have missed the ten minutes before the dial. Like I like to imagine yeah. it was just like midstream of consciousness. Yeah. Oh my god. The swamp will not defeat him, he said, breaking into the third person. The swamp de- <laughs> Ron, Ron Howard voice. The swamp defeated him. Yeah. <laughs> what if, dude, politics are gonna I mean it's you gotta figure it could never be this crazy again. I know. I, or thought, is this the, the new level is set? Is this the new normal? Is it 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we had it's some become fucked a show. up shit. We bo- we probably thought that during Reagan and during and during W, like when W choked on a pretzel, or yeah. when like Reagan said he was gonna bomb Iran like into a into what he thought was a cold mic. Yeah, I mean, if I was like picking a fantasy team of best political characters of all time, the rest of the time that I was gonna be alive, I'd probably take Scaramucci versus the field. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Um, so I got one, one email. Oh, uh, Frockcast, patreon.com slash Frockcast if you want to donate. I noticed a couple people, uh, downgraded their pledges this week. Uh, you know, I, I respect that because, you know, you're pledging, the fact that you're pledging it at all, it, it makes us happy. Yeah. If you want to donate a dollar, that's fine. Throw us a shackle. That's, that's worth it. Yeah. I feel like this ain't entertain. Well, we'd buy this for podcast for a dollar. I would. Yeah. yeah. Uh, won't you yeah <laughs> Frotsman and matt if he's there tonight if he's not it'll probably be a good show <laughs> <laughs> fuck you bro <laughs> um so i work in a seven person department and big business where we celebrate everyone's birthday individually with a cake card thing today is my birthday you can guess where this is going it's not that I care that much, but nobody saying anything seems shitty. My question is this. Is it too passive-aggressive to buy a sheet cake for myself saying happy birthday, cut it up a bit, remove pieces, etc., and bring it in tomorrow and put it in the break room as leftovers for everyone to enjoy? <laughs> oh, oh, I see. So so me being on the broadcast is bad, but you're going to do an email question about your corporate birthday. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, that's fine. Five. That's that's a good that's a good connection. Let me just say this: uh, I worked in one of those offices, and I dreaded my birthday coming up every single day because I was like, the last thing I want to do during lunch is is like hang- actually we had this thing forced interaction. Yeah, forced interaction. The last uh, we had this thing at this place where I worked that I fucking hated. Um, we had this thing where on a person's birthday, like they'd get taken out to lunch and everybody would go and, and you know, they put it on the expense account or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't saying shit about my birthday because like my lunchtime was the, the, the one hour of the day that I got free of these yeah. people that I despised. And, uh, and then, and it was all going good until like 11, 15 or no, it went like my birthday came and went and it was great. And I was like, oh, phew, dodged a fucking bullet. And then the next day, my supervisor realized that it was my birthday the day before. And she was like, hey, I realize we missed your birthday. Meanwhile, like three people were out that week. So my birthday lunch was just me and my supervisor that I hated. Oh, my God. And we had to fucking suffer through like a a one-on-one lunch because it was my birthday. So count your fucking lucky stars that nobody remembered your birthday. Yeah, there's got to be something better than singing. (laughs) Like every, you know, like we always do the like... We sneak in and we like put a meeting on someone's calendar and then like, oh, okay, we'll prepare for this one-on-one and then there's a bunch of people waiting and we sing and it's, you know, it's fun and people eat cake, whatever, but it's like the whole time people are singing, the person who's receiving the song and the people who are singing the song, absolutely no one is enjoying it. Right. There's not a single mo- yeah. So, I don't know why we do it, but also, even though I hate it, I hate singing it and I don't like being sung to. If I went an entire birthday and no one sung to me, I'd be like, well, I guess you don't fucking love me then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like a bad girlfriend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, my lunch I, my lunch was I've the perfect... 
I'll go ahead. Sorry, my lunch was like the perfect, uh, the perfect expression of a corporate birthday. It was like me getting a lunch that I did not want with my supervisor, who did also did not want to be there with me, who was also there out of obligation. And Brenda ate too much cake. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happens. And she's thinking, thought, oh, I, I missed Vince's birthday. He must be so sad. Yeah, I was like, no, I was so happy. I mean, I, I, I haven't had a, a birthday song sung to me in in years now. And, and I, I don't miss it. I, I don't miss it at all. It is really one of those things where while it's happening, someone should just blurt out, who is this for? <laughs> Somebody once told me the man is gonna have a birthday. birthday. Something. And we'll all eat eggs in the shed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think we yeah. can go out on that. Yeah, perfect. Eating eggs in the shed. Yeah, that's what I would do. That's what uh, Guy Fieri does on his birthday every yeah. year. Yeah. Him and the Smash Mouth guy. Brendan, you want to yeah, take us on out of this piece? All right, Matt. Thanks for phone, Matt. Thanks for showing up. Yo, what's up? This is LA Matt slash phone Matt. Uh, follow me on YouTube. Uh, follow me on Twitter. Uh, yo, thank you so much. Like and subscribe and sound off in the comments. Joey, anything to plug? Yeah. Google me, son. Find me on Kick or Craigslist. Check me out on Bitme. I got a new series on Lively. It's just me killing people. Uh, I got a new series, uh, original content on E-Fucked. It's mostly people pooing. People poo during sex. (laughs) All right. Hit him on his DM or his line. He's yeah. he got loud. Uh, all right, Vince. Ch- check me out on Vimeo. Uh, I got a new series coming to Vimeo. Uh, it's pretty good, streamable. All right, <laughs> Vince. What's the Google Voice number? Oh shoot, we got a voicemail. Oh well. Oh well. Uh, 415-275-0030. All right. Email us frackcast at gmail.com. As always, thanks for listening, and until next week, good night and good chins. <laughs>